I mean, there's they, the fact that they just like trot out Urban Meyer and just like let him yeah. tell his version of things, and then like Dan Mullen just be like, Zero "Yeah, pushback. Coach Meyer's on the best ever." It reminds me it's of like, you uh, two, you two, were, get away from me! I don't want to hear from those, either. Uh, <laughs> there were those the, the dueling fire fest documentaries, yes, and one of them yeah. was done by the dude that organized it. Right, That's the right, feeling right. I got. Yeah, yeah, exactly. What we do here is go back, 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 back. Okie dokie, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Wheel Route Podcast. This is my legitimate conversation amongst friends and lovers about college football and lifestyle. You can find us on the internet, www.thewheelroute.com. You can send us emails to wheelroutepodcast at gmail.com. You can get the show from Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcast Center, I think is what they're calling it these days, Stitcher, and just generally Googling around. I think you can find it on some other podcatchers out there. We're also on Instagram at Podcast. The DMs are open as always. My name is Logan Whitehouse. I am on Twitter at Logwan the Dawn. And I'm coming to you guys from um, beautiful Stewart, Florida. It was a little breezy today. We had a, a couple a couple rainy instances, but uh, all good in South Florida. So T's and P's with uh, folks up in the Big Bend. Looked like it got a little little sticky there this afternoon with the hurricane. Let's, what are we going with? Idalia? Idalia? I believe that's the pronunciation something like that so um but yeah no I'll, I'll good down here who else is here my name is jordan shank i am in harrisonburg virginia i am on twitter.com at shank jordan uh would like to congratulate fellow virginia wahoo chris long for making the staff slash team of inside the nfl on the cw so he is now in a TV lineup with Live Golf. So go, Chris. <laughs> but in all seriousness, has been cool to see his kind of like transformation into yeah. player guy who does media well. Building uh, building himself effort. a multimedia empire. Well yeah. deserved. And getting like his friends involved too. Yeah. So. Uh, my name is Jason Kreck. I am also in Harrisonburg, Virginia, uh, where we've had a, a couple, I don't know, Jordan Jordan was out for a stroll this evening, so he can vouch for it, but we've had a couple of lovely days this week. Ooh. You can, later in the evening, you can start to feel a little bit of fall. It's a little bit of autumn coming in. We love mm. to see it. Earlier in the morning, too. That's also true, yeah. Um. Will I'm just bona fide, straight up jealous of you guys to have That's those uh, opportunities. Yeah. Jordan, I don't know if this hits you the same, but the Howler Brothers releases their like fall lineup of clothes every year around this time, and I always just get a little bit wistful for being able to like you know slide into a a nice you know quilted uh, pullover or something like that. I think we still got a few months, uh, but before can't. your two week window, before my yeah. two week window, <laughs> and then we get it all out, and then and then it's good to go. Um, so yeah, you guys, you guys drinking this evening? Uh, I've got a frosty bottle of San Pellegrino. Wow. Not even off brand. Look at you. Yeah. Costco was having a sale in like June and I bought four cases. So. (laughs) (laughs) 
Can't tell the I didn't even uh, max the personal limit. It was a limit of five per person, and I very, stayed very underneath of it. Yeah. Such restraint out of you. Because yeah. I'm not a glutton. Growth. Um, I uh, part, partaked, partook in uh, a few beverages earlier this evening with a fellow member of the JMU Athletic staff, and mm. thus I have my emotional support water bottle with me. Oh, that's good. Yeah. I am currently working on a black raspberry lacroix, so um, it's okay. Not my favorite of the flavors, but you know, it was in the it was in the mix the mix pack also from the Costco drawer, and I only bought one though. Yeah, no free ads. It's fun to watch my child try to drink the bubbly waters. Really takes him by surprise every time. <laughs> Just like coughing, you know, like really hates it, but then keeps going back in for more. Love love to see it. Metaphors heartwarming stuff um excellent well hey welcome back good to see you guys again it's been a couple days how are we feeling jordan how was your walk this evening uh the walk was decent as jason mentioned temps were great uh the downside has been that the bugs are out in full force i am getting chewed up and it is not fun Mm. um didn't strike the ball particularly well tonight but that's okay. I had zero range swings, so I'm going to blame it on going cold out of the car. And they just punched the greens. Uh, punch and I had to play the peak nine for the second night in a row. So mentally, I was already checked out. Before <laughs> I was going to say, you were fighting a mental my battle first there. Gotcha. Listen, rolling out, of the, rolling out of the driver's side straight to the first tee is a lifestyle, Jordan. And it's something you have to commit to. To just being late. Like, you gotta play time. golf, baby. You gotta get gotta be, gotta be a player. Sometimes you just gotta be a player. I, don't, I just switch. don't think I'm that kind of player. <laughs> it's I can't always recommend it, but sometimes it has its advantages. It is, you know, people are saying it is a good idea to at least get warmed up. That's why I just take four violent whippy whippy stick swings in the parking lot and then march straight to the <laughs> just really unload the, get the, the lumbar. Get the trunk loose get, real get, fast. Get the lumbar vertebrae nice and maxed out and completely <laughs> fired up. Um uh, you know the people are asking how the uh, the summer league team has has oh. been doing this year. Okay, this is we didn't talk about subject. this last time, but yeah. I figured it might be touchy because we didn't bring it up uh, voluntarily. But uh, you know, but let's give the people what they want. Well, what's the, I'll get what's it the deal? The you guys are too yeah, good at golf yeah. now, so it's it's become it's become that's, too difficult, right? <laughs> that's that's how the it part of it. The three feet <laughs> is not going to happen. Um, okay, we'll yeah. just get that out of the way. Um, had some disappointing early season performances by me, especially. Um, I think part of it, part of it is we have gotten better. So our handicaps are lower. We are giving more strokes per match. That sure. is unfamiliar territory for us. No, it especially was beginning of the year when we struggled to collect points from teams we should have collected points from. Mm-hmm. Um, I think part of it is like, I, I played a lot of other events. Um, Tron Carter may call them events, uh, but I I participated in different competitive BDEs. Uh, right, that's exactly this correct. year, and so it's possible that the restless dog legs did not capture my full unwavering attention this season. And we'll go back to the which drawing is, board. We'll get with the which is super staff. great to hear when the restless dog legs paid out. for like. 28% of our membership this year, but it's fine. We'll, we, we live and we learn. Yeah. 
I do think the there's a lot of, uh, yeah, we are, I believe Jordan and I have the second and third lowest handicap in the league. Uh, so we Not are giving shots sure. every week. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it's, it's a change to go from, from the hunter to the hunted Logan. Well, yeah, and it's probably just a change to just, like, you've got to make a ton of birdies, which yeah, is not, like, gotta, not the most comfortable place to be. i got like, to par everything. Mm, yeah. yeah. All right, well, poor one out. We'll, we'll keep battling. I think I think second place is still in range, but we got to – it might not be after yesterday. Yeah, we got we, broadsided we by – we got broadsided by uh, a, a beloved member of the JMU Academic Advising crew yesterday was getting uh was getting seven shots on me and also shot 38 oh wow and so i i didn't you know i didn't have 31 in the bag last night and that's what it happens you know you didn't you didn't have a victor hovland performance no i didn't uh, i didn't have five birdies and four pars in the, on the standby that would have been cool it would have been would you're have welcome left. to make an eagle at any point i see jordan out here making eagles occasionally Jordan's, so yeah just filling it up with eagles <laughs> all right excellent well that's that's good stuff thank you for um swallowing some pride there and giving giving yeah. the people the update that it's important know. it's we, we owe yeah. it to our audience right absolutely uh all right um if you guys don't have anything else we have a full week one slate of games some juicy options we can dive into college football's back unless anybody has game to play or anything like that they want to do I'm, I'm no pressure this is just you know i'm just throwing it out there there is no game to play on my end no game to play no. all right very good well let's get into uh some games of note here just for talking purposes feel free if you if you have a take you want to get off about a particular team when we talk about them this can also serve as uh, a continuation of our preseason uh you know coverage um as week one hasn't officially kicked off until tomorrow night first up i think this game is tomorrow night nebraska is at minnesota matt rule first game uh i think minnesota's uh decent favorite in this game uh, i thought that was maybe interesting i don't ever know what to think of minnesota i think they've probably graduated to solid team that is never going to contend for anything of meaning but is always probably gonna be solid and potentially play in the outback bowl so uh i don't know if you guys have anything to say i just thought this one might be interesting i'm curious to see what nebraska looks like to be honest yeah i, I will watch it be... out of intrigue yeah. yeah, I think it'll be interesting. I appreciate Nebraska uh, vacating Memorial Stadium so that uh, the better Nebraska volleyball team could play against University of Nebraska Omaha there tonight. Um, that was that was big of them. That was being a team player and making way for the superior athletes. So, all right. Well, that, I, oh, Logan, that's to your cool. earlier point, Minnesota is favored by a, a full tud. Oh, a full tud. Yes. Jeff Sims and those boy, those boys coming to town. Kind of a weird so off season for uh, Coach Fleck. Is stouter. Yeah, allegedly. Hmm. All right. Well, we'll keep an eye on that one. Let's move into one of the one of the most intriguing matchups of the weekend. That is Miami, the Red Hawks of Miami of Ohio, taking on the Hurricanes, Miami, Florida. Uh, the battle for who is the true Miami. We've had some spicy talk from a, a, a Gabbert, a young quarterback whose last name is Gabbert. I don't know if he's in relation to a uh, um, not so terrible. Is it Blaine Gabbert? Blaine. Is that his name? Yep, Blaine. I was going to say Blake, but I think it's Blaine. Um, yeah. Again, Miami, another team like abysmal season last year, 
really did not go well, got run out of their own building by Middle Tennessee State at one point um, as a 20 point, 28 point favorite at home. Um, I'm just kind of curious to see what kind of strides Miami of Florida has made allegedly, you know, they've been lifting the weights, they've been working hard, they're building from the inside out, all of the things that probably I could lie and tell you um, the team that I root for in orange and blue is doing as well. So I don't know. I'm just, again, curious to see what uh, Miami, Florida brings to the table this year. Um, going to run it back with Tyler Van Dyke. <laughs> I think it was David Hale who tweeted a list maybe in July or June, kind of projecting where each ACC school's quarterback play would rank. Um, mm. And so some schools he had, you know, they're definitely going to land in the top half, maybe between the two and six spot. For Miami, he said Tyler, Tyler Van Dyke could hit the best QB in the ACC or he could be the absolute worst QB in the ACC. All the options yeah. are open. I mean, I know they have a new offensive system that they're going to be employing. I think it was a uh, Dana Holgerson disciple came from Houston uh, to rescue the offense. I don't know if that's necessarily a good thing, um, but it is a thing. I believe they have a new defensive coordinator as well. So, I mean, going to be some new stuff going on. They're recruiting well. They're Miami, so they're getting some guys in there. But, yeah, I, I think the biggest question mark for me is quarterback. Um and if their defense can not give up so many big plays, it seemed like last year, for whatever reason, they gave up some just really big plays um, that I think is uncharacteristic of probably their talent levels. So, again, sounds familiar to another team we talked about on this podcast a lot. So, what can you say? Jason, you excited for this one? You going to be strapped in for Miami, Miami? I mean, who who amongst us wouldn't be? <laughs> okay. Well, as, uh, as the resident banner carrier for mid-majors i would hope that you're yeah glued to no i i think i'm i mean i i assume we're all on board with the um the the winner of this game gets to drop the parenthetical from their name right oh, that the, that the winner of this discussed. game is just miami and the loser is either miami, i'd be, Ohio, I'd be into that florida and yeah. someone gets to dramatically plant a flag at the middle of the hard rock stadium field well, Otherwise, what's the point? Maybe maybe winner gets to play Hard Rock the rest of the year, and then loser has to go to back to Ohio. <laughs> what if, what if the winner gets to, gets to name their stadium Hard Rock? The Hard, the hard. <laughs> yeah, the Hard, the Hard and North. The, uh, the loser has to accept Soft Rock. We're here at the we're here at Hard Rock Stadium in Oxford, Ohio. <laughs> the Soft Rock. We're here at the Soft Rock. Oh man, I love it. All right, see, these are good ideas. We're here at Dad is, Rock Stadium. This is Yacht, this Rock. Is, Yacht Rock Stadium. Yacht Rock Stadium is even. This no, is that why. would actually be a reward. Yacht Rock. Okay, so that's, that's an improvement. Hold on. Go back to Soft Rock. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, this has gone off the rails, but I'm excited. Yep. These are good We've, options. This is why our program. consulting firm is going to make millions one day when right. when the uh, college football czar has just some some questions about how things should be done. Uh, all right. Let's keep it moving here. Stanford at Hawaii. Hawaii showed me some some life last week against Vanderbilt. I think Stanford yeah. has a chance to be like big bad also. So, um, you know, road game for Stanford going across the ocean over to motivated playing. Okay. Hawaii team. You never know. Things could get weird. Uh, Logan, would you, or you, or Jason, would either of you like to guess the line for this game? Mm, Stanford. If you've already seen it. Please refrain from Stanford by two and a half. I'm going to say Stanford minus three and a half. 
It is a three and a half Stanford nice. favorite. Yeah, so good for Hawaii. That would not have been yeah. three and a half last year. No, and I, I think their roster is really bad still, but um, I think they, they can move the rock a little bit. That's that's going to take a bit. Yes. Now, what about Stanford? It might take them a bit too, <laughs> just to score some points. Yeah. It is Stanford, after all. Um, new coach out in Stanford, couldn't tell you who it is, but some sort of a FBS or FCS guy that came up, right? I figured Jason would be all over this. He loves FCS football. I do. That's why I'm not. Uh... It's not Chris Kleeman. Oh my God. They have all their positions named. Hold on a second. Named? Oh, like the family. Yeah. So he is the uh, head coach. Troy oh, Taylor is the Bradford M. Freeman director of football, as well as the Andrew Luck director of offense and the Kevin M. Hogan quarterbacks coach. Kevin Hogan quarterbacks. <laughs> We will do I mean, literally that's anything. A, for that's doing that's doing a little too much. The Kevin Hogan quarterback. Kevin Hogan well, was the Andrew quarterback. Like... Was already used for all of offense, right? <laughs> they had to they had to go down a notch. They couldn't. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, he was he was the head coach at Sacramento State and made them admittedly very fun. But hmm. okay, fun Stanford is not something I'm prepared for necessarily. You only got to be better than like three other teams in the Pac-12 these days in order to win the league. So you know. People point. forget that. All right. You're you're talking about a future conference rival here, Logan. I don't know how much trash you want to talk. I mean we okay, we got our own problems to deal with. <laughs> that's that's the right attitude. I mean the, right the Matt Schaub uh quarterbacks coach that we employ and the uh whoever I don't know. The uh, Wally Lundy the, director the, of offense. the Wally Lundy director and... of offensive coordination needs to maybe uh brush up on some things speaking of which <laughs> uva is going to yeah. be at tennessee on saturday as, a, it's going to be in the titan stadium in the titan Stadium. sorry in in nashville um and jordan mentioned it, the eyes of the world will be glued to this one national tv great to see the who's out there uh it's a sold out tennessee, game 28 and a half point favorite uh, for tennessee that's what i saw i think so I've got, yeah, 28, 27 and a half. Oof. Not great. I just don't think it's going to go well. <laughs> I'm going to be honest. I don't think it's going to go well. <laughs> it would be nice this, to try this to seems, this seems bad. This slow seems down bad. Tennessee a little bit, maybe, uh, you know, offer them. Maybe there will be some latent, you know, thunderstorms swirling in the area and the balls will be wet and slippery and it'll, it'll be difficult for Joe or Milton. We can get out of there in three quarters and call it an official game and remain healthy. I think your right. goals for this game, if you're Virginia, you need to show something on offense. Tony Musket needs to make this his offense. Tony Musket needs to grab the offense by the scruff of the neck. Yeah. <laughs> the haunches. Um, get out of the game healthy is probably your highest priority. Yeah, I agree with that. Go ahead and start the JMU uh, tape review at halftime. Yes. Just, just go ahead and start popping those tapes in. Uh, yeah, if we'll... I'm if I'm the grad assistants, I'm not even paying attention to. I'm, I'm not watching... making those cuts on Saturday morning. <laughs> I'm watching JMU's game. Well, I mean Tennessee only runs like three plays. You got to remember that. So they, they just might only quarter... need two. Their quarterback can throw an orange like 150 yards. So it's going to be big Joe Milton. Time. <laughs> 
<laughs> on Saturday. I'm excited. I love Joe Milton time. I love I love to see the man climb the pocket and, and really like it's Joe Milton time. Back in the day when he used to come into a game because inevitably Hendon Hooker would get hurt and then would just like airmail dudes so aggressively over the middle. It was it was wonderful. It was harkening back to the the early Felipe Franks days, which were truly dark times, truly dark times for us all. Uh, Okay. Boise is at Washington, Washington, I think preseason number 10, Um, Michael Penix and them, and them boys out here getting it done. Uh, I think Boise is uh, alleged to hopefully be better this year. I think that Boise's had a couple down years by their standards. Um, They've rid themselves of the Hank Bachmeyer experience. He is, he's off to different pastures as we discussed last week. Um, and yeah, I, you know, Boise's frisky. It's just the Chris Peterson bowl. We'll see how it goes. Do you guys sure. remember who Boise state's head coaches? I didn't. Uh, so no judgment. Is it a name that we would know? Uh, probably not. No. I mean, he's a boy. It's like a Boise guy, right? Isn't it? Isn't he yeah, like he a? Boys. He was he was it's Oregon's not... defensive coordinator for a couple of years, and Andy Avalos. He, oh, okay, yeah. I was I was digging for that. I I wasn't sure if he got fired or not. Yeah, that's a name I don't pull until like week eight of of this. <laughs> is um is Jared Zabransky on the staff though? That's the real question. Is it the Jared Zabransky quarterback coach? <laughs> Who is the Jared Zabransky? Jared Zabransky and, got and named the Jared Zabransky family quarterbacks coach <laughs> at Boise state. It's that would inception. be tremendous. So, I mean, there's a non-zero chance that Andrew Luck could be named the Andrew Luck. Like, yeah, that'd be awesome. Quarterback coach. Your own position. <laughs> All right. Um, West Virginia plays at Penn state. Um, I think Neil Brown comes into the season on a little bit of a hot seat. Although I think things are pretty uniformly not going great in the West Virginia athletics program currently so i don't know what kind of shape that they are or are not in to uh potentially move on from a football coach that probably is owed a lot of money but um yeah i think west virginia's been kind of underperforming the past couple years and i don't think things have really taken with neil brown as much as we potentially could have hoped for after his run at troy so yeah I, i don't know penn state i think you know a lot of preseason buzz potentially an opportunity for them to make a little bit of an early statement against a respectable team. The line for this is 20.5. So Hmm. there you go. So plenty, plenty of statements to be made there. And last but not least, we have the rubber match in the five game series uh, between ODU and Virginia VPI. Uh, They come in tied two games apiece here. And um, yeah, I have no idea what to think about either of these teams. Last at last watch, ODU played borderline unwatchable football, but had a really good tight end. And Virginia Tech just played unwatchable football. So I mean, that was that was about yeah. that was about how things went. Um, right. I don't know if how do, how what's the temperature in state with the the Brent Pry situation? Things things going okay? Uh, I think. Tepid? I think everybody. I believe in the same way that Justin Fuente did not benefit from replacing Frank Beamer. I believe Brent Pry is okay. benefiting benefit. significantly <laughs> from replacing Justin Fuente because yeah, uh, he's he's saying all the right things, which admittedly is not that mm-hmm. difficult. Uh, but I, I think a lot of people realize like Justin Fuente, and if you read the ESPN article, more than Justin Fuente, really the entire last 
five years of Virginia Tech athletics has done a lot of damage to that program. And hmm. I think Brent Pry will get certainly, I mean, unless this year is absolutely catastrophic. Oh yeah. I'm not suggesting um, he's on any sort of, of a hot seat. No, I think what I'm saying is Tony Elliott I think he'll get either, a couple but... years to, to dig out of the, to get, dig out of the pit. So, yeah. Okay. Yeah. But right. it, it's a testament has... to, it's a testament to uh, how uh, rough Old Dominion looks these days that Virginia Tech is significantly favored in this game. Okay. Yeah, I was just going to say, I think Pry has certainly more of the soft skills and the yeah. people and the presence skills. Yeah. And so a rebuild is going to be more palatable under somebody yeah. who people can stand listening to and dealing with being a representative of their program. Yep. Um, sure. So we'll see. To say nothing of their, the, uh, the backroom politics that uh, plagued the Fuente area I appear to have been dealt with, but there's always something lurking. Mm, of course. So. It's big time college football. There's too many yep. egos and dollars involved for that not to get involved. So, I mean, that's just kind of right. unfortunate and is what it is. Yep. Yeah. Brent Pry, I mean, Listen, if you could like draw up Virginia Tech football coach looking MFR, that's him, right? Yeah. So that's 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 yeah, the guy. Think... Bud Foster, that's him. Well, yeah, well, yeah, exactly. Well, yeah. <laughs> Do we think this game is for third place in the Commonwealth? Maybe fourth. Hard to say. It Hard could to be say. for one A one B at this point. Well, yeah. At, uh, no, Jamie, we've already played, so it's hard to tell. Is William and Mary still running that? Is William and Mary still running that? What did Jordan call it? Backyard BS offense. The most backyard BS offense I've ever seen. Go go offense. Yeah, I I recall. I think uh, terrible. I hated it. That young man is at Texas. Still at Texas, maybe. Wow. He's not the guy that had the. He's not the the guy with the monkey. No, no. And the girlfriend. He was the special. The guy with the monkey. And the girlfriend. <laughs> she was a dancer. All right. The, the one uh, of the most widely encompassing terms <laughs> when it comes to money making activities. Exactly. But uh, okay. All right. Well, that's all I wrote down. I don't know if you guys had any other games. D- Jason, who do the Dukes have? Uh, the Dukes host Bucknell on Saturday evening. The Bison. The Bison. Are they the Bison? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You nailed it. They're members of the Patriot League, but uh, gotcha. I All found right, out look. this week that they won the inaugural Orange Bowl way back in 1935. Wow! Wow! The Miami of Florida hur- Hurricanes in that game, 26 nothing. They wear orange and black, I believe. Fuck no, orange and blue. Oh, really? They wear blue? It's 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 a pretty. Pretty cool color scheme. I'm not gonna lie to you. It's like a like kind of a navy blue. Hmm. Um, Miami struggles. That's, that's their primary in orange and blue. Yeah. That's right. Hell yeah! All right, Jordan, take us to the promised land. It's time to get back to what we do best. Lord forgive me. It's time to go back to the old me and pick some games. Yeah. Uh, speaking of money making activities, it is time <laughs> once again. Not, not, not for one more week. Not for one more week. It's not, Jordan. Well, speak for yourself. Um, as right. longtime listeners, patrons, fans of this show know, we take it upon ourselves each week 
to line up five games, hopefully five high profile, going to generate some interactions, have some meaning in the standings and in the landscape games. And we're going to pick them against the spread. Um, we are not value hunting here. We are not trying to find an early edge. These are the games most people would be watching. Um, week one this year, not quite the Titanic week one lineup we maybe have had the past couple of years, um, but there are some matchups there. So we're going to start on Thursday night. Logan's beloved Florida Gators travel to Utah to take on the Elevation Boys. The Utes are favored by four and a half. And as per tradition, Jason Kreck gets to lead us off. I don't like this doesn't seem like a tradition we really necessarily need to have and maintain. Well, if you can't fire live but, bullets, uh, you have to go first. So sorry. Does that mean I get to change in a couple of weeks? Because I've been fine. But once the season um, starts, there's no go back skis. But we can talk about no the offseason. season. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's see. Uh, Utah quarterback expected to miss the game. Correct? We said this. Yes, I think all the intel points to him likely not missing the game. I think he's now officially listed as doubtful, but uh, Utah head coach um, Whittingham likes to play that as close the to the game. best as he can. So um, I don't think he's been practicing. I also don't think Brent Keithy, their good tight end, has been cleared to play at all yet. Um, but they're, they were both listed as like questionable or doubtful. They were not listed as out. Um, I think Keithy is less likely to play than Rising, but it sounds like Rising is not going to play either. Um, you know what? Give me the Gators. Uh, I think, I think if they lose, they keep it close and like lose it on a field goal at the end, just to really dagger Logan to start things off. Um, I believe, uh, due to unfortunate weather, Florida has been out there for a few days now. Yeah, they weren't planning to go out early. There was like a there was like a legitimate news story about his uh, coach Billy was talking about they were doing a bunch of research and how they didn't need okay. to go out early to acclimate or something. And I don't know, it was like a <laughs> it, well, became, no, like a, it were... became a weird story. But right, so they but might I, have I gone they... out. They might have gone out earlier than they were planning because of the storm. I believe yes. they went out early to dodge the weather, yeah. but I'm not. Yeah. Anyways, I'm going to assume that the vague memory that I have of that is 100 percent correct. Um, so maybe that mitigates a little bit of the altitude of this. A um, couple injuries on Utah. Seems like the right kind of game to get uh, Florida fans invested before something snaps and goes off the rails. Um, so, yeah, I'm going to take the Gators. Love it. All right. Uh, I can't pick against the Elevation Boys first, oh, first game of the year. So I'm going to take Utah. Uh, even if Rising doesn't play, which – I think Whittingham might try and slip him in under the gun. But um, yeah. even if he doesn't play, like he is coming off of a ACL that he suffered in their bowl game, right? So Yes, which was in January. So Whoever his backup is has been getting reps. And this is not a sudden like, oh, no, camp might not be able to go situation. So I'm going to take uh, the team – who's playing at home, who is acclimated to the environment and 
not, I, I also don't feel great trying to prognosticate what we're going to get out of Graham Mertz in his first game against a physical, able defense. So I will take Utah. <clears throat> yeah, those, those are all good points, Jordan. I, uh, I hear where you're coming from. I, I think I'm going to agree with Jason on the, I'm planning on this being a low scoring game. And I think Florida should be able to cover their uh, a field goal either way. This game was pretty much a dead heat last year. Um, if you recall, Amari Bernie intercepted a pass in the end zone at the very end of the game to seal it for the Gators. But I mean, Utah very easily could or should have scored potentially to win the game there. So, um, but yeah, rising, I mean, he's good. I, I, I don't know that I would completely say like, just cause the backup guys got a lot of reps then that means he just completely replaces probably the second best quarterback in the pac 12. Um, but I, I do think that, you know, that's probably, it's probably less of a hit. Cause I think rising was hurt on and off last year too. So I think the backup guy is like, has played a, a considerable amount, but um, I think if you're going to get Utah, getting them early in the year is probably best. They seem to be a team that kind of warms into the season and it's just an absolute um, pain in the butt to play uh, as the season wears on. I don't know that weather is necessarily going to be a concern, although altitude could be a bit of a concern for the Gators. I just think this, has the makings of kind of a grindy low scoring affair. And I think in, if that's the case, then uh, I'd like, I'd like Florida to cover. All right. Uh, we're going to take it to big noon Sunday, Saturday. <laughs> Sorry. Oh, Oof. I'm already out of form week one, big <laughs> noon Saturday. Uh, NLU has called 2023 the year of prime. So I decided to throw coach prime into our pick slot here Colorado takes it to Texas Christian University the Horned Frogs are favored by 20.5 points I'm going to just go ahead and take TCU um, playoff team last year I know they they do not return every single piece from that squad but Colorado was bad last year and yes they did add pieces in the transfer portal, they added coaches. Um, they added prime energy. However, trying to get that all to work well together week one against a TCU squad, uh, I don't like their chances. So I'll take TCU. And if it doesn't happen, it doesn't happen. Well said. Well said. Um... I think I think I would be apt to take Colorado in this game if is if it happened like a month from now. Um, I don't love Week One Prime and, and Colorado figuring stuff out against a team who's going to be playing at home. Like you said, I mean they lost their quarterback, they lost their best receiver, they lost probably two of their best front seven players on defense. Um, you know they they were probably the best version of TCU we will see um, just being honest last year uh, and Colorado added um, the guy had his name earlier. The, the Kent state head coach is the offensive coordinator at Colorado. Now they're going to score some points eventually this season. I don't know that they're going to score some points week one, um, which is why I will also take TCU. Um, I just can't, I'm going to need to see 
some signs of life from Shadur Sanders and them boys on offense before I can uh, I can really rock with Colorado. But um, yeah, we'll see. I saw our guy Tom was it Fornelli or no? It was Luganville uh, made waves on the Twitters this uh, this week when he said that he thought UMass had the worst roster in FBS, but he he has changed it and now thinks it is Colorado. <laughs> so, uh, Coach Prime took that well, of course. Uh, was up in the Menchies um, getting chesty. Um, so, yeah. It's a great strategy for generating interactions and engagements on your. I could coach. also, this is big time backdoor cover alert uh, for Colorado. Uh, I could see TCU running away and hiding and, you know, Colorado cutting the score to 17 and a half point, you know, 17 points, you know, and, and then it kind of coasts. So it's a big line. There is a path for Colorado to cover, but uh I think I'm going to go with more of the known quantity until I see um, Colorado be able to do it for more than just maybe a couple random big plays at a time. Yeah, I'm going to agree with everything you guys said. Uh, the backdoor cover is the one thing that worried me, but I don't think it's going to be that big of a problem. Uh, Colorado, very, very small, like a very tiny FBS team. Um, and TCU, emphatically not small. They have but they have a new freshman that defensive tackle. It's like 460 pounds. Yeah. Um, Desmond Watson 2.0. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I just, I, I think TCU is just going to sit on Colorado in every aspect of the game. And that'll be that. Um, yeah. I think, I think, I think old prime's got, uh, it's got some rowing to do. It's going to be tough. Maybe a bit of a, bit of a humility injection this season. But we'll see. Who's to say? Yeah. My Vegas looked dumb. Sure. All right. Game three of the slate. We're going to go to Saturday evening. We're going to go Ugh. to the Carolinas. Uh, this features Mac Brown and the Tar Heels against one of my picks for most intriguing teams of the season. That is Coach Shane and the Gamecocks. Um, South Carolina getting two and a half in this one at home. So the heels are favored by two and a half. Logan, please do the honors. Oof. This seems like a weird one to me, given the relative amount of positive vibes around the South Carolina program um, on the heels of the way they, fin how they finished last season. Uh, I think I, I tried to pour a little bit of cold water on that last week. I think some of that was circumstantial and, you know, I think Clemson was uniquely weirdly ill-equipped to win football games last year, which was just strange. They probably won like nine games too. So let's not make it seem like they're that bad, but uh, I'll go with North Carolina. Cause I think they have the better quarterback and that's a small line. And I think they'll be able to score some points. I don't know too much here. I mean, Spencer Rattler is still getting it done for the Tar Heels. I mean, for the Gamecocks, he's uh, one of those, one of those quarterbacks that keeps both teams in the game. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I, I don't know what to think about South Carolina. They're another team that I'd like to kind of see what they think they're going to be. I believe they're breaking in a new offensive coordinator as well. Mr. Dowell login logins or, or something like that. I recall coach Shane, I'm going on some sort of impassioned screed during the off season about like what a good man he is, which is, you know, the 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 surefire the well, surefire sure defensive Shane does is impassioned. Yeah. So this is true, but I mean, Probably I I just correctly. 
he was doing one of those uh, Coach Shane press conference uh, classics where he kind of like, you know, feigned um, offense about someone asking questions about this like washed up offensive coordinator that he hired. This has never literally improved in offense in the entire time he's been offensive coordinating in like a 50 year career. So, um, so we'll see how it goes for them. I mean, dubious. I'm, I'm dubious, but I think Drake may uh, should be fun. And I think South, uh, North Carolina is going to um, pitch it around the yard a little bit. Uh, I think we we mentioned this game was at home, but I believe it's in Charlotte. Okay. Um, mm. I think they're playing at uh, whatever Bank of America or whatever it's called. Um, this line seems like a trap for me because I really <laughs> like South Carolina, so I'm going to steer straight into it and pick the Gamecocks. Um, I do think there might be – this game might get pointsy or it's going to be like six picks each way. Um, but uh, I like – Spencer, I uh, shouts out South Carolina's top receiver, Antoine Wells, started his career at Madison James Madison, um, was first team all SEC last year. He had like 980 yards. Um, so I think, I think South Carolina can say what? Nothing. <laughs> yeah, right. Snarky and misguided. Most SEC teams would brag about their best receiver starting his career at James Madison, for sure. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> As well, everybody should. The um, first one to ever do it is South Carolina, I think. To be fair, he was like the second best receiver in the entire SEC last year. I mean, only 980 yards. Like, come on, relax. So he's he no probably Samuel. the second best receiver he's, in the he's entire no, he's SEC. No, he's no Debo, Samuel. Okay. Um, anyways, <laughs> I think South Carolina can can keep up with the North Carolina offense. Um, and I think the weirder that this game gets, the more it benefits the Gamecocks, who – have long since dealt exclusively in weirdness. So give me South Carolina, USC East. Yeah, I'm also going to take South Carolina here. Um, I, again, Mac Brown trust issues, they're present in my house. Um, UNC continues Very fair. to look extremely inept on defense. Uh, under his reign. So I think Spencer Rattler could look very good in this game. This could be a big Spencer confidence booster. Um, not sure that's the best thing in the world for <laughs> South Carolina long-term, but we're only looking at week one. So I am going to take the Gamecocks. Spencer you guys time. seen this uh, freshman tight end that uh, South Carolina has that's like, He's like 6'4", 255. He's a freshman. He ran track in high school. The videos of him running track are just like downright menacing. He was, I think he won the state championship in like the, the 100 meter. He's ex- exceedingly ath- athletic, as they say. So they're following the uh, Georgia model of just just recruit big tight ends. Yeah, maybe, Shout but they're Jelani Woods also. They're the, original <laughs> the, big tight end. the huge tight end, the gigantic tight end. Um, yeah, but I, I think South Carolina's best tight end transferred to Florida State this offseason. Oh. Maybe well, that's why the devil. he didn't want to race. Speaking of, our fourth game of the card features the one and only Florida State Seminoles. They are not hosting, but playing a neutral field event uh, against the LSU Tigers. 
was it, what is this camping world stadium or whatever it was it definitely was camping world stadium i don't know if it still is it, it likely I believe could it still be. is okay yeah it's the camping this world in orlando the citrus right? bowl some call it the citrus bowl yeah old heads call it the citrus bowl uh <laughs> lsu fsu the tigers favored by two and a half jason's turn once again uh yeah this feels way too small uh, i think i don't think i have to I don't think anybody in this podcast is going to disagree that, it, that I don't Florida state is just kind of there. Uh, I don't really understand how they're this high, uh, but this line feels mm. way too small. Um, so yeah, give me the LSU emphatically. People are high on Florida state this off season. The streets are talking. Yeah. That's what they say. Yeah. I, I am going to back away from, what stinks like a fish and take FSU here. Um, I, I do like some things Jordan Travis does. They also have a really big, really fast receiver. Um, unless he left and I didn't do my research. Uh, he might still be there. I don't, I feel like he would have got drafted or you know what I'm talking known. about there. Right. Yeah. He had like massive drop issues and he transferred to FSU from Arizona state. Right. I think so. I think there's a Williams in his name, maybe. Anyhow, at initial glance, the line looked too small, so that's why I'm going to take Florida State. Uh, also, I just want to say uh, point one that I forgot in our previous game. The over-under for the Carolina battle is 64 and a half. I'm taking the over. I'm smashing it. It's going to be a great time. Oh, yeah. Um, that, that seems like, like good money. I believe we're talking about Johnny Wilson. Yes, Wilson, not Williams. Apologies. Yeah, he's done. Uh, the second point I'd like to bring up is this game, this matchup, brings me joy because we will either see an 0-1 Florida State and uh, some murmurings about Mike Norvell and his future as as the head of the program, or we will get to see 0-1 Brian Kelly. So either way... Right, it is a win-win. That that is that is for sure. Um, I uh, I'm gonna, I mean, I, I kind of gotta I gotta stand by my my hot take for the offseason that I, I think Florida State may be a little bit disappointing results-wise. Um, Florida State's got some studs, clearly, right? Uh, quarterback, receiver, they got good running backs. Um, clearly, some talent on defense. Uh, I just I think LSU did more, I think, to grow up and, and impress me. And I, I kind of, I think, trust, unfortunately, I kind of trust Brian Kelly as like the program builder. Uh, his track record speaks for itself. And I think a full off season of uh, quarterback development um, there is, is going to be good for them. I trust their talent on defense, a lot fast athletic defense against uh Jordan Travis is probably um, the best you can ask for from a matchup standpoint against a quarterback like Travis. So uh, I think I'll take Florida. I'll take, sorry, I'll take LSU here. This is kind of a smallish line and um, yeah, I think they should, if, you know, barring, like I said, last year, like Florida state fan, Florida state fans and Florida state in general kind of gets the benefit of like, they won this game last year, but this was one of the most weird games of and sloppy games both ways last year of the whole season that was not indicative i th- i don't think of like how either team ended up really being 
Um, I think, I think both teams, yeah. And I think both teams ended up being better than this game indicated that they were. Um, so I don't know that I would like run with the idea that, uh, you know, Florida state's clearly a better team because they kind of like stumbled backwards into winning this game last year. Um, and, uh, yeah, I think I just kind of, I believe in the, the sec speed defense situation against FSU. It is week one though. We'll see how it goes. Um, if Florida state wins this game, volume's going to be turned up. Expectations are going to be really, really high with a, with a game against Clemson looming, uh, in two weeks. So, uh, it'll be exciting storylines wise either way. It's going to make that weird, unexplainable loss to Louisville mid-season yeah. even sweeter. That like Friday night, uh, NC State, Florida State game that just like, it's the one random game where NC State seems like it's the coolest place on earth to watch a football game that happens every year. And you're like, oh, what's going on there in Raleigh? Huh? When, huh? when Robert and I and Brennan Armstrong finally figure out how to implement the dream offense. <laughs> in, in Slow mesh. They integrate the slow mesh into their, uh, they're running the claw fence. Yeah, Ooh. it's a it's just triple headed hybrid of multiple <laughs> dynamic offenses. Uh, speaking of the ACC, Oof. we move to our fifth and final game of the card. Uh, we're kind of scraping for options here. I considered Minnesota, Nebraska, plugging them into one of these slots, but um, this game caught my eye. One because it is the only game taking place on Monday night. Uh, ESPN chucked it over there because we don't have professional Monday night football for another week. So we are trotting Dabo Swinney out on national television for Monday night to view uh, Clemson at Duke. Duke coming off of a pretty impressive inaugural campaign for their new head coach, whose name is escaping me. Um, but they, they, by all accounts, outperformed last year. Uh, Clemson went through some things. Uh, DJU transferred away. They, they still figured out how to win a decent amount of games, but they maybe started bringing back the Clemsoning. Um, so things to keep an eye on for the Tigers. Uh, Clemson is still favored by 13 on the road here. Um, I think I'm going to take, I'm going to take Duke. Why not? Mm. Home game, rowdy Monday night environment at Wallace Wade stadium. Um, I don't know that rowdy, <laughs> rowdy Wallace Wade stadium. That's right. That's true. I mean, yeah, I'm sure just I'm, like, it'll be up. Yeah. Clemson had had its share of issues last year. And I think with a full off season, they can fix some of that. But Duke has had this one front of mind for its whole off season as well. So I'm going to go with vibes and a little Dabo hate and take Duke. I can't fault you for, for either of those two things as a reasoning to take games. Um, I'm going to go with Clemson actually hired a offensive coordinator that knows what's going on. And I think Clemson's going to be drastically improved uh, from a, from a offensive creation standpoint uh, crafting once Klubnik will be out there slinging it. I think Clemson's going to be good. I, I think we could maybe be back to a 
complaining that Clemson's schedule is so easy. Why are they going to be playing in the national? Why are they going to make the playoff? Because their schedule is really easy and they're like 12 and 0 or something like that. Um, obviously, big game with Florida State coming up in a couple of weeks. So that could be huge and important. But uh, yeah, I think I, I think I trust that a little bit of humility and maybe uh, some some looking at the man in the mirror from Coach Dabo uh, and hiring coordinator that took a team to the playoff last year will be a good thing for them so um to me i'm not that scared of duke i think clemson's defense is still elite so i think they should be able to hold duke down enough to uh, to cover the 13 or 13 and a half whatever it is there so give me the tigers regrettably that was overly like optimistic regarding clemson but i kind of think that that was the thing that he needed to do and he did it so um I'm kind of intrigued to see if they can uh, return to the glory days. The glory days for them. Yeah, congrats on getting your entire yearly dose of nice things about Dabo all crammed yeah. into. He just hit his quota. Now he's good. That was really efficient. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm going to take Duke. I low-key think Mike Elko can can coach the football game a little bit. Um, well, sure. I uh, he's done a really good job on defense everywhere he's been. Uh, I do think that Clemson is going in the right direction, and and I think their that hire is going to help them a lot. But um, it wouldn't shock me if it maybe spun its wheels for a hot second. And I do not know that Duke is going to be able to score like much at all. Uh, but I think that defense can flummox Clemson. Uh, a little bit enough to stay within range and stay within two touchdowns when all is said and done. So I will take the Blue Devils. All right. That concludes our pick segment for week one. Our, our first and only wheel route consensus pick of the year to this point, TCU yeah. minus 20.5. That does not mean that our listeners – should fire all their bullets at it that that is just an observation i, I really i really hate that too because i can see the headlines now like coach prime you know leads leads oh, yeah. <laughs> like they'll just win the game out right yeah like 20 and it's like all oh, and then the, they'll be yeah, yeah exactly they'll be ranked next week yeah. because they beat tcu that's replacing like every important player off of a team that made the playoff <laughs> but uh man remember how tcu beat the hell out of michigan oh, that was sweet yeah. Really crazy. That was awesome. It was, it was very good. But uh, you guys, you guys, big into a JJ McCarthy this year. You think he's going to be awesome? No. <laughs> like when? I, when was the last time? Why would I got be excited big about it, yeah. uh, a Jim Harbaugh quarterback? Yeah. Andrew Luck. Yeah, like probably. Yeah. He was also generational talent, but exactly. um, yeah, no, I mean, I'm, I'm with you on that. I'm trying to think the last time we got really excited about a Michigan quarterback, like yeah. Drew, talking Drew Henson. And he played baseball, I think. Uh, Deshard, or, uh, Denard Robinson. Oh yeah, yeah, that's right. He didn't tie his shoes. Yeah. Um, that guy, Chad Henney, Henney, Henney was getting it done for a while too. Sure. Anything sure. is possible. <laughs> Anyhow, I, I guess I, the, I've heard the how dark that this is uh, kind of makes proves your point. Yeah. Yeah, and and you know, these are all serviceable quarterbacks, but like I think the Michigan 
ethos is sort of you just need to be serviceable at quarterback um because they're very physical i mean they've proven the last two years they've taken it to ohio state without needing like plus 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 quarterback play they've had two different quarterbacks i don't know i just don't see like if there was a way that i could uh neg uh the jj mccarthy uh heisman watch i would because there's in my mind there's just no way that, that he's going to be able to amass the kind of stats that would be required but we've seen some weird things happen before with like you know quarterback on national champion team especially jj mccarthy tall white you know quarterback looking guy uh you know he'll, he'll probably gather a little bit of momentum at some point during the season if, i mean he, if, and to his uh in his favor i guess he is one of the only notable returning quarterbacks in college football that has a viable chance at the playoff yeah, I mean that's that's probably true. I mean, I, I can't believe like you would count Alabama, Emory, Georgia, I, Ohio State. Yeah. N- none of those guys, whoever's going to be under center for them, does not have an established brand in the mind right. of voters. So, for, yeah, Florida State is probably another that comes to mind with a quarterback that's going to be spoken highly of all season. Um, Cincinnati uh, has Emory Jones, so can't forget that that's going to happen. Um, Keaton I mean, Slovis honestly, at like BYU. Michael Penix Jr. at yeah. Washington should be. Should I mean, there's be. there is Caleb Williams. We're probably like you know skirting away from Caleb Williams, but he's kind of in a class of his own, I think, as far as this goes. Drake May is really good, but he doesn't have a chance to win the national championship, probably. No, he does not. I don't think Penix does either, but he's still he's he still good. Shot to get in the playoff though, like this is true. Some weird stuff happens to USC. They they gack one up or two, and oh look, it's Washington. Hmm. Okay, well we'll put a pin in that. We'll have to revisit the this. Uh, see All how... I'm saying is I'm sure the value is there, odds wise. Right. For the I feel MPJ, you. I think. <laughs> Okie dokie. Well, that's week one in the books. Picks wise, um, can't wait to unpack these and begin our. Um, you know, steady climb to winning 47% of our picks <laughs> on average. Only weighed down by by me, typically. So, Which is a good reminder to our listeners that it's always about what, Logan? Unit allocation, baby. That's right. <laughs> we stay allocating. Anyhow, thank you for joining us. It's the Wheel Route Podcast. We're on Instagram at Wheel Route Podcast. You can send us emails, wheelroutepodcast at gmail.com. Give us hell. We're, uh, we have a website. It is thewheelroute.com. You can stream the show there. You can also get it from your favorite podcast acquisition service. Until we meet again, go Gators. Go Hoos. Go Dukes. Go Dukes.